Hi, this is Steve Thomas, pastor of the First Baptist Church at Delray Beach. Welcome to our podcast. We study God's Word to apply it to our lives in order to make a difference in this life and in eternity. We hope you enjoy this message. We cry out, we cry out. Uh, and as obviously, as most, most of you probably notice, I am not Pastor Steve. Um, I think that's a given. <laughs> but no, for those of you who don't know me, my name's Jonathan. I am the youth pastor here at First Baptist Church of Delray, and I'm so excited to be here to share with you the word that God's been pouring into my heart. I shared it once already. It was a little cold outside. You guys are lucky because it was like 50 degrees outside, but now we're here in the warmth of the church. So excited to be here. But yes, like, like, like uh, Phil was saying, this is the last Sunday of 2020. I know a lot of us, like we said, we're excited for 2021. We're kind of done with 2020. There's a lot of things that have happened this year. COVID, we've had uh, political unrest. We've had all these different problems that we've had this year. And now a lot of us are probably just ready for it to end, for us to go back to normal. And as much as we would love to go back to normal, how things were normally uh, were last year, we have no idea when that's going to happen. But there's two things that I know for certain. God is still good. Amen. And then a relationship with God is still important today. That is probably the most important thing today. And as you guys probably see on the screen, the title of my message is Build the House. And it's, it's out of this little passage in the book of Haggai. How many of you guys have ever read the book of Haggai? How many of you know where the book of Haggai is? It's somewhere between Genesis and Revelations. Thank you very much. <laughs> but yes, the book of Haggai is an Old Testament um, book by uh, a minor prophet, uh, by Haggai, and just let me give you some context of what, what this book is about so you guys can have a better idea of what's going on. So in this passage, we have uh, the Israelites, God's chosen people, had just been uh, taken out of exile. Uh, for those of you who didn't know, the Israelites were sent into exile because they were rebellious and disobeyed God, and they were sent uh, to Babylon for about 70 years, and then after 70 years, God took them out and brought them back to their home in Israel, and when he brought them back, he called them to go build the temple of the Lord. The house of God, hence the title, Build the House. And for those of you who, who are not entirely sure what this temple was, what the significance of, what, of it was, pretty much the purpose of the temple, the purpose of God's house was pretty much that was the place where God's presence dwelt. That was the place where the people would go to experience God in a new way. And that's the place also where other people from other nations could come and see the love of God. And they could pray to God and he could be their God. There's a place where, where God would uh, make himself known to his people and to those around them. And um, that's pretty much where this passage ends up. Uh, but pretty much what happened was when they got there, they got there, they, they started to build this temple, and then stuff happened. Opposition happened, and they got distracted by other things. And pretty much what happened was is that they stopped building the temple. And this passage picks up about 14 years after that, uh, after that the beginning of the temple. And it's, it's right here in Haggai, if you guys want to open your Bibles and turn to the book of Haggai. Uh, we're going to be in chapter 1, verse 2, and it says this. This is what the Lord of heaven's armies says. The people are saying, the time has not yet come to rebuild the house of the Lord. Then the Lord sent this message through the prophet Haggai. Why are you living in luxurious houses while my house lies in ruins? This is what the Lord of heaven's armies says. Look at what's happening to you. You have planted much, but harvest little. You eat but are not satisfied. You drink, but are still thirsty. You put on clothes, but cannot keep warm. Your wages disappear as though you were putting them in pockets filled with holes. This is what the Lord of heaven's army says. Look at what's happening to you. Now go up into the hills, bring down timber, and rebuild my house. 
Then I will take pleasure in it and be honored, says the Lord. You hoped for rich harvest, but they were poor. And when you brought your harvest home, I blew it away. Why? Because my house lies in ruins, says the Lord of heaven's armies. While all of you are busy building your own fine houses, um, while all of you are building your own fine houses, it's because of you that the heavens withhold the dew and the earth produce no crop. I'm going to pray for you guys really quickly. Heavenly Father, Lord, I thank you for your word. Father, I pray that uh, whatever we came with today, whatever baggage we came with today, Lord, Father, I pray that we would leave it at your feet, Father. Father, I pray that we would be able to hear from you today, Lord. Open our eyes, open our ears to hear and to see the wonders in your law, Lord, in your book, Lord. Father, I pray for for, uh, lives to be changed today, Father. I pray for uh, mountains to be moved, Lord. Father, I pray that we would be able to put our focus on you in this time. I pray, Lord, that whatever chaos happened throughout this year, Father, I pray that we would be able to come to you, Lord, for providence, Lord. Father, I pray that you would be able to strengthen us in this time. It's your name that we pray. Amen. Let me, guys ask, let me ask you guys, have you guys ever heard of a show called Love It or List It? Yes? All right, I see a couple of you have heard of it. So pretty much, I like this show. The premise of this show, for those of you who have not heard of it, is that there's this house, these people, these families own a house, and typically what happens is, is that house can no longer support them. Either the kitchen's too small, maybe the, they don't have enough space for their entire family, and pretty much what, they, what they're tasked to do, um, they bring in uh, a realtor and an uh, interior designer to come in, either rebuild the house, refurbish the house, or really just kind of sell the house and find a new one. And what I really like about this show is that every time um, they, the, the interior designer comes in, they're given a task, a list of things like, I need my, my bedroom to be bigger, I need a bigger closet, I need a bigger kitchen, I need a place to actually do laundry because I was in a closet. Pretty much they, they have this list of things that they need to rebuild or refurbish. And what, what, what I find interesting is that every time, and in every episode, I see this every single time, the, the interior designer always meets obstacles. They always go to fix something and then something else is already broken that they have to take their attention and fix now. And pretty much what happens is, is that um, so if, if a pipe is broken, they have to go replace it. If the drywall is not good, they have to replace that. And that kind of takes out of their budget, and they're not able to finish maybe all that they're trying to finish. But what I like about the show is that they don't leave it like that. They don't leave the brokenness. They don't leave it like the way that they, when they tear it up, because, I mean, it takes a lot of work to tear up a house and put in some rooms, put in some space, put in new things. They always, even with, even with whatever they have in their budget, they always take that, and they always finish it. They always complete it. Even though it might not be what they wanted, they always complete that task. And so the Israelites here in this passage, they were given a task. They were called to build God's house, to build his temple so that he can live in, in, uh, so they can live in his presence and so that he could be with them and guide them. And as we see here, they kind of were thrown away from that. You know? And it's kind of like our relationship with God. We, we, we tend to have to work at it. And even though, you know, we might um, be excited at first, even though we might uh, be called by God and we might see all the things that he wants us to do and we hear all these things in the word, sometimes we, we kind of fall short on that. We lose the excitement, that fire that he had. Well, just to give a little context to what's going on in the book of Ezra, which is, is where this all started, uh, it says this in, verse, or in chapter 3, verse 11. It says, with praise and thanks, they sang this song to the Lord. He is so good, his faithful love for Israel endures forever. Then all the people have, ha, gave a great shout, praising the Lord because the foundation of the Lord's temple had been laid. You see, when the people first started, they were excited. It's kind of like us. When we first come to Christ, we have this excitement. We have this zeal. We have this encouragement to really go out and serve God. Maybe we, on a Sunday, we heard a great message. 
And we're, we're, we're convicted to go out and change our life or, or to go out there and, and, and be the hands and feet of Jesus, then quickly that, that excitement may fade. Sometimes things in life happen, opposition may happen, and then our excitement kind of fades. And that's kind of what happened with the Israelites. They were excited at first. They started this. They had a great foundation. They were praising God for that foundation that they built. But their foundation in God was not as strong as the foundation they built. You see, when our foundation isn't strong enough, when, when our roots are not deep enough, we can easily lose sight of the goal that we had. That's what happened with the Israelites. They lost sight of that goal. My question for us is, how easy is it for us, for opposition to really distract us and really turn us away from God and lose the sight of what we're actually trying to build? You know, maybe when we started this COVID season, we were ready to put God first, and then, you know, COVID happened, and we were socially distanced Everything locked down. All these things happened. And now we're, we're far away from where God intended us to be. We got so distracted that now we're making excuses for why we can't do what God's calling us to do. That's what the Israelites did. In verse 2, we see that, it, they said, that God says this. The people are saying, the time has not yet come to rebuild the house of the Lord. Then the Lord sent this message to the prophet Haggai. Why are you living in luxurious houses while my house lies in ruins? The people were distracted. By building their own houses. 14 years had gone by since the construction of that foundation. And now the people, because of opposition, because of all these distractions, now they were building their own houses instead of building God's house. You know, you see, when we make a habit of prioritizing other things over God, it becomes easier and easier to put other things over God. But to put God last and not put God first. And you see, they had oppression, they had things, they had other nations coming in and giving them pressure to not build this house, but that shouldn't have stopped them. You see, hardships are very real, but they should be pointing us to God, not away from God. Church, where do our priorities lie? What is, what is on that top of that list of the first thing that we have to do every, every morning? Or what is, what, is our, where, what is of most importance in our life? Whose house are we building? Just to give you some context, Maybe you're hearing this and you're like, I'm hearing you. So are we building another church? Are we adding another room to the church? Are we doing stuff to the church? And I would answer you the question, if, if, if we were in the Old Testament, that's probably what we would end up doing. We would refurbish it. We would continue to build it. But since Jesus came, Jesus died, and, and just like Phil was saying, he rose again. Now we can have a relationship with him. And now the Bible says that um, we are now the body of Christ. We are now the temple, that his presence dwells in us and through us, others will see God. You see, we're no longer talking about a physical temple. We're talking about us. We're talking about uh, the people, not necessarily the building. That's, that's, what, that's, that's what we should be building. But maybe in this COVID season, all the hardships, all the difficulties have shifted our focus away from God and towards maybe financial burdens. Maybe it's relationship burdens. I mean, we're in this time of, of COVID, we're locked down, and you have to spend a lot of time with your family. Maybe, maybe there's now some problems that are, that are, that are showing up in these, in these times. You know, maybe work has become so hectic that we're, we're finding it really hard to find time for God. Or maybe instead of opposition, maybe instead of difficulties, maybe now with all the time that we have, we're letting, dis we're letting distractions cause us to stop worshiping God, to stop spending time with God. Maybe we went into this year thinking, well, I'm working from home. I have all this free time. But then so quickly, we found other things to occupy our time. We started building our house. We started focusing only on ourselves. Maybe we were distracted by, by Netflix 
I know Netflix has a lot of good shows, but sometimes we let it distract us so much that we, we, we lose the time that we have uh, to spend with God. Maybe social media has become our priority. Or maybe it's defending your political stance because there's a lot of political uh, opposition going on. There's a lot of, a lot of tension in the, in, in, the, in the country right now. Maybe that has become your focus. You see, the problem is that when we shift priorities from God, we tend to miss out the problems that come along with it. We tend to miss out on, on the things that are going, because the Israelites at this time, things weren't going well. They had financial burdens, and they had all these problems, but they kept building their fancy houses. But church, I don't want us to miss this, because even though they denied him, even though we deny him, and even though we forget him and prioritize other things over him, God still loves us enough to point us in the right direction. The Israelites in this time were, were doing their own thing, and God still came out. He's, still, he's, he's, he's speaking to the prophet Haggai in this time. And in the next, next verse, it says this. It says, um, this is what the Lord of Heaven's army says. Look what is happening to you. You have planted much, but harvest little. You eat, but are not satisfied. You drink, but are still thirsty. You put on clothes, but cannot keep warm. Your wages disappear as though you were putting them in pockets filled with holes. God's calling his people to open, his, open their eyes to see what direction they are going. They're clearly not going in the right direction. I don't know about you guys, but I remember one time when I was in Gainesville, and we were, we were going to try and get to the spring. I was with a friend. We were visiting. Uh, he, he had just graduated, and we were trying to celebrate, and we were going to the spring. And I picked up uh, my, my phone. I have an iPhone. So I picked up uh, Siri, and I looked up on, on the uh, Apple Maps to try and find the destination that we were going to. But come to think of it, I kind of got lost along the way. And I don't know about you guys. I, I thought it was kind of embarrassing to get lost using GPS because they're supposed to know where we're going. It's supposed to show us the right direction. But very quickly, it led me down a road, and I was looking around in, in the surroundings, and I was looking, I saw nothing but grassland. I saw nothing but, there was nothing in sight. And so as I was driving down this road, I'm not sure if you've been to Gainesville, but there's a lot of like uh, vegetation, a lot of grass. It's not like here where there's a lot of cities and a lot of suburb areas. There's a lot of open space. And as I'm driving to this destination that this Apple map was guiding me, I, 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 I looked around and I, I thought to myself, well, this doesn't look like where I'm supposed to be. There's supposed to be a spring here somewhere, but all I see is vegetation and open land. And I remember the whole time my friend was like, you should have just used Google Maps. They're more updated. <laughs> so I'm sorry if you, have, uh, if you have Apple, but apparently Google Maps are just better. So, but, uh, so as I was there, I remember thinking to myself, if I would have just stopped and looked at my surroundings and, and, and realized this isn't really where I should be, maybe I should stop and look at a different map to see where I should be going. You see, the people were too busy building their own houses. They didn't realize that where they ended up. They were, instead of reaping what they sowed, because if you guys know anything about crops, you plant something, you're expected to get some harvest back. Well, they were expected to get the harvest back, but instead of getting maybe 100 crops that they planted, they probably were getting like 50. They were not reaping what they sowed. Instead, they were working so hard and not earning much in return. And they were seeking more things, trying to get satisfied with more, more things, and it was leaving them more empty than it was in the beginning. And you see, the quality of God's house in our lives reflect the quality of our relationship with him. The Israelites in this time, they were, they were so focused on building their own house that God's house was in ruins. And a decaying house shows a decaying relationship with God. And that'll be reflected in our lives. You know, maybe, maybe you're working hard in, 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 in work and, but still struggling financially. Maybe you're working hard to fix relationships in your marriage or, or with your family. And, 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 and all of that, it still ends up not working out. 
Maybe we're trying to buy more things to become more satisfied. Maybe we're spending more time uh, with doing activities that would, that would potentially satisfy us, but in reality, it's just leaving us more and more empty. I, the question that God asks us is, what is our life looking like today? He calls his people to look, reflect on what is going on in their life, and ask, why am I where I am? See, sometimes... We're in, we're in a, a valley because God intended us to be there because he, he wants us to, to grow in this time, kind of like Job going through suffering. Sometimes we're in, we're in a valley all because we put ourselves there. And the people, because they lost focus on God, God had to get their attention. God had to bring them back. And he had to show them that your life is not looking great. And he asked them to think, why did they get there? So my question is, where, what is our life looking like and what causes us to be there? The second thing that I like that God says in this passage is in the next, in the next verse, he says this. He says, this is what the Lord of Heaven's army said. He said, look at what is happening to you. Now go up to the hills, bring down timber, and rebuild my house. Then I will take pleasure in it and be honored, says the Lord. You see, God, God called him. He said, look, look what's happening to you. But then he gave him something to do. He said, hey, go out there and get the resources that you probably do not have because 16 years went by, they probably used that wood and all those materials that they had to build their own houses, and now they were lacking something. See, God gave them direction, and he told them, you're lacking something, you need to go pick that resource up. You see, building God's house may require us to gather resources that we don't currently have. Maybe we're living today, and we're trying to read the Bible, and we don't really understand what's going on. Maybe we need to seek guidance of pastors, life group leaders commentaries that can help us understand, better understand what is going on. Maybe we need to sacrifice more time to spend with God in prayer and in, and in worship. It may mean joining a life group or meeting godly people that can build us up because sometimes the people that we have around us, they do nothing but tear us down. Sometimes the people that we have around us do nothing but uh, point us in the wrong direction. Sometimes we need to be with godly people so they can show us the right way to go and how to live life in the right direction. It also may mean going to church and learning how to worship and how to let God work in our lives. Sometimes in this time, I feel like a lot of times we neglect that, that worship. I know for a long time we were, we were confined to worshiping from home. But now we have the opportunity to come back and, and worship as a congregation together. And there's power in that. The Bible says where there's two or more gathered, there I will be also. It may mean, going to, it may mean uh, uh, having to put down your phone and spend less time on, on social media and picking up the Bible and, and, or, or, or calling your friends and seeing how they're doing, checking in on people, loving on people instead of hating on people. My question is, is what are we lacking right now in our relationship with God? As I said, it's a work in progress. That means we're always needing to work on something. What resources do we need to gather? What is missing and what do we need to gather? And how is God trying to get your attention? Because God tried to get their attention. In the next verse, it said that uh, he blew, uh, you hoped for rich harvest, but they were poor. And when you brought your harvest home, I blew it away. Why? Because my house lies in ruins, says the Lord of heaven's armies. While all of you are busy building your own fine houses, it's because of, of you that the heavens withhold the dew and the earth produces no crops. God tried to get their attention. And I love that. I love the picture that's being painted there. That even though the people were far from God, even though the people were denying God and, and saying, God, I'm going to build my house over your house, God was still trying to get their attention. It requires us, it requires us to work. There's some sort of work that we got to do to be able to, to receive that provision from God. That's what requires dedication. It requires putting priorities straight. 
putting God first, but it also requires obedience. In the next passage we're going to see, in verse, uh, uh, verse 12, it says, Then Serubbabel, son of Shealtiel, and Jeshua, son of Jehozadak, the high priest, and the whole remnant of God's people began to obey the message from the, the Lord their God. When they heard the words of the prophet Haggai, whom the Lord their God had sent, the people feared the Lord. Then Haggai, the, the Lord's messenger, gave the people this message from the Lord. I am with you, says the Lord. So the Lord sparked the enthusiasm of Zerubbabel, son of Shealtiel, governor of Judah, and the enthusiasm of Jeshua, son of Jehazadak, the high priest, and the enthusiasm of the whole remnant of God's people. They began to work on their, the house of their God, the Lord of heaven's armies. You see, when the people obeyed God, when people listened to the message of God, God assured them, I'm with you. You see, sometimes we have all these problems, we have all these things going on in our life that we're trying to fix on our own, and God's trying to tell us, look, it's not working. Sometimes we see all the problems in the world, all the problems going on on social media, and we have arguments, we have battles with people trying to turn their attention t- towards God, or we, we try to argue our way into people's political views and trying to turn them away from what they, we think is wrong. But it doesn't start there. It really starts right here. It starts with building God's house. There's a song that I like, um, and it's called Start Right Here. It's by this group called Casting Crowns. And what it says is this. There's, there's a, a, a verse of it. It says, but we want to see the hearts set free and the, the ty- and the tyrants kneel, the walls fall down, and our land be healed. But church, if we want to see a change in the world out there, got to start right here. You see, some, the people tried on their own. They tried building their house. They were trying to live a life secured and not, not trying to live a life with God. And their life had the, the, the life reaped the consequences of that difficulties and hardships they face would have been possible if they would have just turned to God. But it started with building God's house first. It, was, it wasn't until they built God's house that that was when, when God assured them, I am with you. And he, I'm sure he wanted to say that to them the whole time. And he was with them, even though they were doing, dealing with all these struggles. And the other thing that comes on later in this passage, if you guys have the time, I would, very encur- I would greatly encourage reading the second chapter. In chapter two, the people, they looked at the house that they built and it wasn't what they originally had. Because some of the people, they saw the house that Solomon had built. They saw the temple. And they knew that it wasn't, it wasn't as great as that one. And sometimes we look at our lives and compare our lives to other people. And we see how some other people are, wow, they're, they're really great in their walk with Christ. They're doing so well. They know so many Bible verses. They know all these things. And God told them, fear not. I am with you. It's kind of like in, that, in, the, in the love it or list where, the, where, the, real, where the, um, the person is trying to build, but they couldn't build all the, the things that they had, but they still built the house anyways. They still built the house. See, the beautiful thing is that God never leaves us. Even when we abandon him, even when we decide that other things are important, more important than him, he's still there with us. The Bible says, but God shows his love for us in that while we are still sinners, Christ died for us. It's not by what we do that God loves us. It's by God loving us first. It had nothing to do with us. It had everything to do with God. My question is, is what, how quickly are we uprooted? How quickly are we distracted by other things? Church, what do our priorities look like? Whose house are we building? What is our life looking like today? Why are we there? What is lacking right now in our relationship with God? What resources do we need to go out and gather? A better, better question other than that is how, easy, how quickly are we obeying what God is saying or what maybe the world is saying, maybe our doubts, what our doubts are saying. 
church, because that God desires a relationship with us, we have to make it a priority to build his house and bring him glory. Don't make excuses for not building his house, but rather consider your ways and obey God. See, it wasn't until the, the Israelites turned away from what they were doing, built God's house, that provision comes. And sometimes we, we want to live in God's provision, but we don't want to live in his presence. And in this new year, we're starting a new year. We don't know when things are going to go back to normal. But the one thing is for certain, like I said, God is good. And a relationship with him is ever so important. Thanks for joining us today. If you'd like to support this ministry, go to our website at fbcdelray.com. Also, click the share button so you can share this message with a friend or someone in need as we seek to know Jesus, to know others, and to make him known. We cry out, we cry out.